Hello, and welcome to Runway Girl Network In Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with Olli Vainio, a frequent traveller and aviation industry observer based in Finland. In Conversation is brought to you by Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. Visit Bolteron at the Aircraft Interiors Expo in Long Beach at stand 2320 to discover the endless possibilities, or go to boltaron.com. Olli, welcome to In Conversation. Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you here. Um, Tell me, how frequently do you fly? Well, uh, domestically, basically weekly to Helsinki, but um, mainly a few bigger trips a year, intercontinental and Maybe a dozen or so times to Europe during the year, but a lot, a lot uh, domestic traveling to Helsinki. Which is very helpful because this week's topic is Finnair, the national airline of Finland and a really interesting niche carrier that's often at the forefront of innovations in passenger experience and elsewhere in the aviation industry. Uh, I just got back from uh, a couple of days in Helsinki doing some interviews with a variety of Finnair staff. Uh, and the airline's in a really interesting position, turning the corner from a period of restructuring and job cuts and, and really looking towards a period of growth, isn't it? Yeah, and actually the it's interesting how fast it happened. Like the whole mood was like cutting jobs, cutting jobs, strikes, because obviously the labor force wasn't too happy about all the cuts uh, in their salary and benefits. But yeah, I mean, basically Finnair went through hell and now they're like kind of like the phoenix rising from the almost in the ashes but not quite exactly i mean it, the interesting thing for me about finnair is uh, like some other airlines we could talk about um it's in an interestingly unique geographical position um you know right up in northern europe um enabling it to efficiently yeah. run europe asia flights um now that's that's a primarily what a lot of its network is these days isn't it yes uh i i would say that it's Mainly from China and Japan to Europe, and it's the. I mean, obviously they fly to lots of different places too, like uh, the southeastern uh, Asia, uh, the Thailand, and uh, somewhat the more holiday destinations, Thailand, like Phuket and all that stuff. But I, I think their main marketplace is really the. If you look at the route, it's northern. Europe to Eastern Asia or Northeastern Asia, I think. And yeah, Helsinki is perfect place for that. Yeah, and one of the things that I find really interesting is that Finnair has a bunch of different markets. One is that um, sort of uh, Northern European sun-seeking winter travel, right? Um, and, of course, summer travel. Um, you know, that's the, the Southeast Asia. It's the Canary Islands, that part of the of the network. Um, but it's also this really interesting secondary to secondary kind of travel. Um, so you're flying from Nanjing or Chongqing or Fukuoka through to Hamburg or uh, Geneva, these these cities that will almost certainly never have the amount of traffic for uh, non-stop direct service. Um, but the model that Finnair is using is connecting people over Helsinki, which itself is a very 
efficient and and, and useful airport um, for connections. Yeah, obviously I have a bias there, but I would definitely agree that uh, Helsinki is a very fast and convenient airport to connect at. And actually, you stole my example there, but yeah, I totally agree also on the on the uh, kind of like the Fukuoka to Hamburg market that there isn't. I mean, basically, if you want to go somewhere in Germany other than Munich or Frankfurt or Düsseldorf to Japan, you have basically options going through. Uh, if you fly Lufthansa and their ANA partner, you can fly any of the Lufthansa hubs, Frankfurt, Munich, or then on One World you can connect via Heath. Well, Heathrow or Helsinki, and obviously the choice is quite easy there. And then on SAS you can connect via Copenhagen, but their presence in Japan at least is uh, substantially less than Finnair. And uh, kind of like if you if you connect from Hamburg to Frankfurt to Tokyo, it's like a thousand miles more flying. If you do rather than do the uh, from Hamburg to Helsinki to Tokyo, and I'm not even going to discuss the kind of like the Middle Eastern part because in this context it's, it's not even a re- well it's on it is an option but it's not like a fast option. Yeah, and I think it's not an option that people would choose if they have. Um you know, somewhere to be on the other end. Um, you know, it's, it's all very well for, um, for, for those of us who enjoy flying and, um, you know, know the way to get a, a very inexpensive business class fare, but you know, you have to spend four hours extra flying. Um, but people in economy don't want to do that. And people, um, who are flying business class, um, with, with something to do on the other end also, um, really have a, a, a desire to get there as quickly as possible and, and as easily. I mean, one of the things that always impresses me about Helsinki is um, if you're flying um, from you know, internationally, and, and in this case that means outside the Schengen area, the European Common Visa yeah. and Immigration Zone, um, if you're flying on, for example, British Airways, you end up going through London, which is outside Schengen, and has always been, this isn't a Brexit um, isn't a Brexit thing. It's the um, the fact that the UK never signed up to that common European travel zone. Um, whereas, in yeah. if you do that through Helsinki, you actually manage to um, take what's basically a domestic flight to um, a significant part of Europe. I mean, that's pretty much m- most of its network these days, um, apart from yeah. um, uh, apart from the UK and Ireland, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, when the <laughs> Also, Swiss joined the Schengen area. I, I don't remember when it was. It was something like 2008 or whatever. But yeah, basically, Finnair Network is in Europe, at least in the Schengen area, sans UK and Ireland. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you've ever arrived into the Frankfurt uh, non-Schengen area behind a, you know, a large wide body from East Asia... Um, it's it's a little bit of a pain. I mean, there's 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 not enough people processing 
passports. Um, there's not enough people at the security. Um, Frankfurt itself isn't exactly an airport that's um, modern and been designed for, for, for pleasure rather than utility. Um, and I think that Finnair and Helsinki Airport obviously work together in this um, symbiotic relationship, right? You can't really have one successful without the other. Um, what does that look like from a Finnish perspective? I mean, does do, do, do Finns do have a, a, an affinity for the national carrier, right? Oh, well, I would say it's, uh, there are people who find Finnair to be uh, like the only choice. But then uh, there are people who have... It's also for some kind of like a national sport to talk bad on Finnair, how, how bad they are or whatever. And uh, But for uh, most of the people, I think the brand perception is mostly very positive. Uh, then there are a few issues because they are obviously on mostly by Finnish government, something like 55% or whatever. Uh, then there's the public side of things that, uh, for example, recently their CEO, Pekka Vaurmo, got uh, sort of a pension benefit package, uh, which is quite common in Finland in major corporations, but the deal was that uh, Finnish government said that uh, companies owned by Finnish government can't do this because this is basically, well, I won't say tax evasion, but good tax planning. And obviously there were big headlines saying that this is not, this is not good, you can't do that and whatnot. But periodically Finnair is in the news for something their management did and the so the the average Joe doesn't approve or whatever, but I think effect on those is quite short term. The general uh, feeling is that it's a good good brand and good product, uh, and especially the on the employee side, Finnair constantly ranks as the most desired employer in Finland. So. Yeah, that that's pretty impressive, actually. Um, you know, there there aren't a lot of countries where the um, uh, an airline, let alone the national airline, um, has has that um, that sort of uh, reputation. Um, it's it's funny that that what you're saying about um, Finns loving to, uh, to to bash Finnair every so often reminds me a lot of um, my Australian friends and my Australian colleagues when they talk about Qantas. Right, it's that sort of thing where you've got a real love for it because it's been a part of your well, for, for for many people, are part of their lives. Um, yes. But at the same time, there's there's an awful lot of sort of armchair CEOing going on, right? Um, it's like, oh, well, yeah. Qantas should fly here, and um, Finnair should take this plane, and um, and so on. I mean, one of the things that that Finnair does is. Um, it, Certainly for the international market, it really emphasizes its Nordicness, right? Um, which is very attractive. That's very in right now. And, and you know, the, the Nordic food movement continues to be at the forefront of cuisine. Um, Nordic design is, is, is famous and has been for, um, you know, since people really talk, started talking about design. Um, and Finnair partners with a lot of those. Companies now, obviously, that's very attractive for a lot of the international market. Um, you know, the uh, I was watching a um, uh, a flight boarding um, for I think it was Nagoya. Um, anyway, it was, it was it was certainly one of the Japanese airports, 
And the number of people with some sort of marimekko, which is the, that um, fabric and design house, right, that Finair partners with, with some sort of marimekko bag or uh, shopping bag or something, or with a moomin sticking out the top of a shopping bag, um, you know, all these, these uniquely finished things, which I think a lot of that is, is, is a real draw for, for many people to, to, to fly over Helsinki as a result. Um, does that, does that Nordici, Nordicization, I guess, does that attract Finns or are, are Finns over it? Where, 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 do, where do people I, sit there? Uh, I would say that uh, people are kind of so accustomed to it that it they don't really even notice, except when it isn't there. For example, Finnair uses uh, local cabin crews on uh, their flights to Hong Kong and Singapore. And I don't mean like have like two local cabin crew members for the Chinese speaking people. I mean the whole cabin crew. And And I have no problem with that per se, because I have flown from Singapore on Finnair and the service is excellent. I have no problem with that. But there is the question that do you dilute the brand? Because Finnair does try to sell themselves as a Nordic airline. Do you dilute the brand by doing this? Is it worth it? I mean, obviously it's cheaper, otherwise they wouldn't do it. But but is it a good idea in the long run? I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's an interesting question. That's one that a lot of airlines um, sort of war with. Um, Air New Zealand's done it as well for, for ages. They have um, a, a group of crew who are Shanghai-based that they call Chiwis, sort of Chinese Kiwis. Um, and yeah, most of the time they get it mostly right. But there's a lot of the, I guess the Kiwiana, right, which is kind of like the Nordicness that yeah. they it, there's just a cultural thing about them just not getting it. So, you know, it, New Zealand prides itself on wine. It spends a lot of money on wine. It spends a lot of advertising on wine. Um, and if you're in the front cabin, business premier, um, they usually have six or seven or eight wines on board for passengers to try. Um, and one of the things when you're flying to Shanghai is you have to figure out, okay, which of the crew know the wine? Um, and, you know, so which of these um, two white wines is the sweeter versus the drier versus the oakier versus the fruitier? Um, yeah. and, and that's something I think that, um, that Engine hasn't really managed to get, to get going. What, what are some of those examples in the Finnair context, do you think? Obviously, Finland isn't a wine country, at least, but Finnair does have quite a good wine selection in their business class in my opinion and they have been awarded for that many times but um, I think it's more like the the delivery of service because when you think about service the, the, there's the Japanese way of doing that that it's kind of like very understated and, uh, um, and the, there's certain Japanese to uh, well, I don't know how to say it, but Japanese-ness to it. And uh, when you go to US, for example, the service is like over-the-top, bubbly and cheery and whatnot. Well, you, you hope. Not not all airlines manage to deliver that in a consistent yeah, fashion. Yeah, the, but that's the kind of like what you would want it to have. Yeah. It would be yeah. American. But uh, I think uh, the... 
and this applies, I think, also in somewhat to Sweden and Norway and Denmark, that the service culture is more like less small talk, more like polished, uh, understated, consistent, good delivery. And I, I, I don't, I mean, probably anyone could do it if they uh, train, but I mean, the whole, there's certain cultural thing going on there. I, I can't really point my finger to the exact thing, but the service is different from the Finnish cabin crew members versus the Asian cabin crew members. I mean, it's, but I, I'm not saying that, that that's necessarily a bad thing on what is good service, but it's, is it what you expect it to be? Yeah, exactly. Has has the airline set those brand expectations with all the Nordicization stuff? Um, yeah, and you know, and and are they meeting it? You know, do, do they need more um, familiarization or training or or cultural experiences for their? Um, yeah, let's not call them outsourced crew, but essentially that's what they are. Um, it's a it's an outsourced crew base. Um, now, looking so slightly more widely at the passenger experience, um, yeah. one of the things that I find really interesting is that Finnair operates um, a large, almost entirely Airbus um, mainline narrowbody fleet um, around Europe, and uh, and if memory serves, to Dubai as well. That's on the on the narrowbody fleet. Yeah, it's a fair number of hours on the uh, <laughs> on a on a three two one, um, but yeah. but also you know. It, that's still a relatively comfortable experience because you've got the extra, you know, inch of uh, elbow room for, from the Airbus seats. And Finnair's kept a relatively sensible pitch, haven't they, in in their uh, in their short haul product? Yeah, uh, I mean, they currently have multiple configurations going on, and currently are reconfiguring their narrowbody fleet. That the chocolated A three twenty ones were delivered with 209 seats from the factory, the ones from early 2010s and the, now the recent ones also. And they are reconfiguring their A321s to that spec- specification, all of them, also the old ones, so 209 seats on those. And then they are adding nine seats to their A320s, which brings the seat count to 174, I think. And then the A319s are going from 138 to 144. So, I mean, it's more, but it's still quite sensible considering that they're removing also some cabin monuments and closets and whatnot. So the... I think it will be bearable even after that. Not not bad, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to end up being like British Airways, where it's, you know, 30 inches throughout the aircraft, and uh, except for a 29 down the very back. Um, but one of the things I, I, I noticed when I... I, I flew recently from um, Geneva to Helsinki on um, uh, an, e, an E-190 operated by Nora, which is Finnair's... Yeah. Um, it's the ex-Flyby Nordic, um, now if memory serves a complete subsidiary of Finnair. Um, um, Finnair livery, it's just, you know, operated by Nora, like a US airline would in uh, in operating regional flights. Um, but I did know there was a lot of cabin monuments in that aircraft. I mean, there's a good-sized galley, closets on either side ahead of the um, of, of the business class section. 
Um, and are those going to be removed as well? Are they going to be rationalizing that Nora fleet too? Uh, I think the Nora fleet uh, is going to stay at 100 seats because you don't want to add the third cabin crew member to, to the Embraers. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think the Nora fleet will be as it is. And then they, when they eventually decide to replace it, then they figure out something else. And actually Nora isn't a subsidiary of Finner. Finner is a minority shareholder. There are, there are two, I think two major kind of, uh, I don't, they weren't in investment firms, but I, I don't remember exactly, but basically the Finner is a minor shareholder, but, still a considerable shareholder of Nora. Yeah. But they only operate Finnair flights, right? It's, it's not like they operate somewhere else for someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. currently at least, yeah. yeah. That, um, and So, looking at the long haul, one of the things that I'm, I, I quite like about Finnair and economy is that they've got um, their fleet relatively standardised now. Um, you've got your um, 242 on the A330s, they just got rid of their last A340, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, and you've got those great wide seats on the A350 in a 333 layout. Um, is is that something that that people in 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 Finland and I guess if you can talk to the rest of the the, the region as well, is that something that people really know and think they think, oh, you know, yeah, if you fly Finnair, you get a nice, a good size seat. I think the Finnish people and the Nordic people don't care that much because uh, the majority of the market is leisure oriented from Finland to somewhere and their main market is in Japan and China and I think there the perception is that Finnair has new, clean nice planes but obviously I'm not local there so I can't speak for them but that's my perception at least yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've always found really interesting is that um, Finnair takes a lot of pride in, in in reminding its its two key Asian markets, Japan and China, about its you know almost hundred year history, about the fact that it's you know very safe airline, and also really going in for that very clean look in the cabin, um, you know, almost stark in a way. Um, which is which is unusual. Um, certainly in the region where you know a lot of um, a lot of branding um, and a lot of corporate colours are part of the landscape, as it were, inside the cabin. Um, Finesse is is it's very clean um, with some pops of colour from the um, from the Marimekko furnishings and yeah. stuff. But but other than that, it's it's there's, there's a there's a strange finishness about it which which seems like a daft thing to say but um my first trip to finland i ended up um i went for easter right and i didn't know that helsinki closes Easter. right exactly i was like oh i'm, I'm in europe i'll go but I, I won't go to a catholic country for easter instead i'll go to a, a, a northern european country they won't shut over easter but of course all Finns disappear out to their lake cabins um and yes. helsinki helsinki closes down so i i took a trip around Finland by train, and there was something meditative about the in sort of almost infinite combinations of tree, lake, snow, small hills, um, and that kind of it really does kind of remind me of, of what a Finnair cabin looks like inside, um, and, and I think that's that's smart. Yeah, and uh, if you look at uh, modern buildings in Finland from the inside, it's like 
the building version of Finnair cabin. It's white, light gray, white wood, maybe some wood, mm-hmm. and very, very, and usually very clean. Uh, and I don't mean by the d- design, I mean clean, clean. Because if you, I mean, I've flown quite a lot of SAS flights, a few BA flights uh, in recent years, and uh, the thing I notice constantly is that if you fly a Finnair A320 that's 20 years old, it's still clean. It still looks like it's fairly new, which, which it isn't, but it looks like it from the inside. <laughs> and uh, when you fly like BA, I flew last year, I flew BA first class in their uh, 747 from London to New York. And the like, the whole cabin was like dirty. I mean, truly and honestly dirty. And that, I mean, that re- basically never happens with Finnair. And that's something I've noticed when I've flown other airlines, that Finnair is exceptionally clean with their planes. Yeah. Is is, is that a Finnish thing? I mean, um, one of the things I always notice when I visit Finland is that um, the uh, the sort of the sidewalks and the pavements on, on the street are, um, are kind of dirty, but then everyone takes their shoes off when they get into the house um, and and then inside it's it's completely spotless because all of the all of the mud is basically concentrated near the door. That's that's a thing for you guys, right? Uh, I would say at uh, at some level, yes, because um, I mean, obviously, if you go uh, city center in Helsinki, that it it is like most bigger towns that the I mean, it's not spotless at all. But I would say that it's not like New York dirty either. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, and if you drive along the highway in the US, you see all the trash, and but here they kind of like they clean it all away. So I would say that at some level, it's yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned SAS briefly. Um, yes. I, I guess internationally we have the perception that Finnair's big competitors for, for the Finnish market are SAS and increasingly Norwegian. Um, what are the what are the reputations of those airlines within within the, the Finnish market? Well, uh, I would put the competition other way around. It's Norwegian is their biggest competitor, at least locally, because if you look at the most flown routes from Helsinki Airport by passenger numbers, it's Stockholm, Oulu, uh, Copenhagen and then it's London Heathrow and if you think the Stockholm and Oulu routes which are basically both like around million passenger per year and heavily operated by at least two carriers well Stockholm route there's also SAS but for example the Helsinki Oulu route it's the main domestic route in Finland and also a long time good profit maker for Finnair so there's their Norwegian is definitely the main competitor, and um, my feeling is that at least in the domestic market, Norwegian has quite good reputation for their price, and also they have fairly new planes. But I would say that they don't age so well, even if they're clean when they <laughs> come off the line. But uh, the prices, uh, the domestic flight prices are actually quite competitive on Finnair also. So the price is more like, are you 
going only from all of the Helsinki or are you continuing somewhere else? Obviously, if, if the choice is going to Helsinki, then the, it's basically whatever suits your timetable. People are taking Finnair and Norwegian constantly, both of them. But if obviously, if you're continuing from Helsinki to somewhere in Europe or Asia, the Finnair is the obvious choice. And then in Stockholm route, it's there's also SA is competing. But from what I hear, it's I mean, Finnish are price conscious, so obviously Norwegian fits that bill. But uh, some people also like the service you get on Finnair. So uh, I would say that on domestic market, they're like Norwegian is a mostly good competition for them. Like obviously they're eating market share, but they're also making sure that Finnair doesn't get sloppy. They're like it. it it remains a healthy market. But, yeah, I mean, and of course, one yeah. of the one of the fascinating things about what Norwegian does to a um, to an airline it's competing with um, is around in-flight connectivity. Um, and yeah. I can't remember if it was it was the Finnair CEO or the SAS CEO who basically said because Norwegian gives away its Global Eagle KU band for free. It yeah. makes it really hard for us to charge for connectivity. Um, and indeed, Finnair still gives out to business class passengers and its top tier frequent flyers, um, free Wi-Fi of, um, you know, of, of various, um, uh, durations. But, but it's, it, it you do get a, a, a free shot in the arm there. Um, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Well, in my personal experience, I found that Norwegian Wi-Fi usability is almost useless because there are too many users so my personal opinion is that it's good thing that they are charging something for it because it automatically cuts the number of users to only those who really want to use it and actually previously Finnair offered uh, free Wi-Fi for the whole flight to their business class members gold members, platinum members, and even One World, Sapphire, and Emerald members. And the, it was only April this year when they decided that it's only one hour free for Finnair Gold and Business Class, and Platinums are the only ones who are getting it free for the whole flight, which is still quite generous considering the competitive landscape. But obviously it made a little bit bad impression on the... Uh, frequent flyers who are who had used it that they are getting the whole fly, flight free, but I th- I still think it was a proper decision for them to do that, obviously because they are charged by the megabyte and whatnot. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, and you know I think Finnair got it in the neck from a bunch of people, including um, uh, Kai Koenig, who uh, we spoke to on the podcast a, a few episodes ago. Um, he's a regular One World. Um, uh, one more uh, emerald frequent flyer and uses Finnair quite a lot. Um, but yeah, if 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 you if he'd never got the benefit of a full flight, um, then uh, he wouldn't have felt that getting one hour was a was t- something taken away. Um, but one of the things I find really interesting is that Finnair has obviously chosen the Viasat uh, KA band solution for its narrowbody fleet, um, which will run over um, the UTELSAT network originally. Um, and when I talked to them 
uh, a couple weeks ago. They were really adamant that they thought that the UTELSAT um, solution that they'd selected um, and the partnership they were in with Viasat was going to give a kind of a jet blue experience, right? So everyone gets some Wi-Fi, um, probably isn't good enough for a reliable streaming situation, but should be good enough for um, for, for a modern uh, for a modern smartphone and um, perhaps even tablet usability experience. Um, what do, what do you think that's going to be like for um, for their market? It'll be interesting to see the whole deal how how they are going to charge or not charge the short haul Wi-Fi when they eventually get it. The I'm actually surprised they haven't even got it installed yet because the first aircraft to go to cabin refit came out re- recently and there wasn't Wi-Fi installed on that one. So I was a bit perplexed why would why wouldn't they do it at the same time? But uh, yeah, um, on the domestic route, which I fly constantly and a lot from Oulu to Helsinki, uh, it's basically Finnair Platinum Express because there are so, so many frequent flyers. Most of them are obviously are, are going to a day trip to Helsinki or day trip from Helsinki to Oulu for a business meeting or whatever. So if they do, do kind of like you can use Wi-Fi for free, with some restrictions. I could certainly see that that market, which obviously pays a good euro for the their tickets on Finnair, would benefit from that, and they would appreciate that. Obviously, Norwegian does it on the same route, but then there's the usability issue that can you really use it? Is it good enough? Yeah, that that's that's always been one of those always been one of those problems with the. Um... With that, with that global legal solution that they have, is that for for a number of fairly complex reasons, um, that that capacity has never been enough for what Norwegian wanted to give. Um, but Oulu to Helsinki is what um, forty five minutes in flight, something like that. It's uh, from fifty five to one hour five from gate to gate, and at both ends the taxi times are fairly short. So it's, let's say forty five minutes to fifty minutes in flight. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and actually. I think for that length of flight, people can kind of make a um, a business case of for even paying a little bit more for a Finnair flight if they can have that extra what turns into about two hours of time to you know bat away some emails and um, you know respond to things in their company Slack channel and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I would say that that if they include it in the ticket price and Finnair is more expensive, and even if they wouldn't, if if it's like something like let's say it's five euros for the flight or whatever there's still i think most people would take the usable wi-fi versus the unusable wi-fi because uh, at least for me and all my colleagues who are constantly flying that route the, it's well i wouldn't say that it's a two uh, two hours lost because obviously you can do lots of offline stuff but still it would be valuable time to do what you said, like responding emails and doing all the stuff you didn't have opportunity to do, to do when you were in a meeting or uh, what doing your stuff yeah. at the, your destination. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how um, how Finnair starts rolling out that pricing, um, and, and I suspect there'll be a little bit of a settling in period as well, which um, 
Yeah, we'll be, we'll be watching that closely. That's it for today's conversation. Listeners, we certainly hope you enjoyed it, and we're always keen to find out what you think. Uh, please feel free to email me at john at runwaygirlnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thank you also to our guest, Olli Vainio. Olli, where can our listeners find you online? Well, uh, mostly on Twitter. You can find me on the handle at Ovainio. That's O-V-A-I-N-I-O. And as ever, you can find me on Twitter at ThatJohn, and everything from RGN on Twitter at RunwayGirl and at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>